On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks night goes from bad to worse. They get dominated by the Golden State Warriors, and then Tim Hardaway Jr. breaks and fractures his fifth metatarsal. We will talk about what all that means and what it means for the Mavericks the rest of the season and in the trade deadline and what it means for Tim. We'll break it all down on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. believe you shouldn't be here. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Maps your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube where you can watch us for getting closer to 10K. Subscribe if you haven't already. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Check out prizepix.com, use the promo code NBA, or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor, writer at Mavs.com. The beat down dude, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? All right, I tweeted this out after the game. This is my stance. This is what I'm staying on. Um, I don't care what y'all think. You can't convince me otherwise. I think before Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Before <laughs> before <laughs> before Dirk's retirement game, uh, his jersey retirement. Yeah, I think there's a little handshake. It's like, hey, listen, give us this game. <laughs> give us this game. Let us beat you. Like lose this game. It's Dirk's night. Steph. Steph. I mean, Steph, man, pull your punches, miss, bud. miss some shots. We'll, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll get some some barbecue brought in after the game. We'll, you know, any of the any of the pull out all the bells and whistles there. Make this deal <laughs> with the agreement of, hey, if you lose this game, we'll guarantee you that we'll lose. You know, we'll we'll lose when we play you guys up in Golden State. You'll probably have Clay back then, so it'll be a good home game for you guys. Make yeah. sure you get that you know, that dub with Clay in the building, and uh, that I, that's what happened. So, I I kind of just wrote it off. I'm like, hey, you know what? We we beat him when uh, Dirk's jersey went to the Rafters, and that was just kind of the deal. You take the 17 point win in Dirk's jersey retirement game, and then you all then you spot the, the Warriors a what was it? What did it end up being? A 38 point win against them at home. Hey, you, you'll take that, right? It's one and one. Yeah, listen. You're hurting our defensive numbers. We let we said we would let you win this game, but you we didn't say you'd put up 130. We're trying to uh, really live by these defensive numbers right now. Yeah, the Dallas Mavericks defense goes from uh, fourth to fifth in the NBA after this game. Literally dropped the whole spot because of how bad it was. But but yeah, it, the defense in this game and all that was bad. But Tim Hardaway Jr. came down on his left leg during the game. And uh, seemed to have fractured his fifth metatarsal, which is his pinky toe, which is the injury that Zion Williamson has right now. And he's been out for a while. Kevin Durant has had this injury before. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff from in street clothes about this and, and some others that I retweeted. If you want to go look at my Twitter account. Theo Pinson, but, I think. Had this uh, yeah. In, in street clothes mentioned the nature and location of the break in the fifth metatarsal fracture is key to recovery. According to my NBA injury database, he has this whole crazy database of every injury that's happened crazy. ever. The average time loss for an in-season fifth metatarsal fracture is about 42 games, roughly 10 to 11 weeks. So 
it would seem that Tim Hardaway Jr.'s season is over at this point. This is pure speculation. We're not sure the nature of it. Like he said, the location of the break in the metatarsal is very important. So uh, we're going to pull the Jason Kidd line. Uh, He's a basketball player, and we're not doctors. So we're just... (laughs) Um, we're going to go with that and say, let's just go with it that, that Tim Hardy Jr. is out for the rest of the season. Like that timetable says maybe he's back for the playoffs, right? I was going to say, uh, regular season, I, I think it would be, I mean, once again, we're not we're not doctors. We don't know all the, we're recording this after the game, but an hour after the game. So, you know, we might get a, a better official time frame um, by the time you listen to this pod. But yeah, I mean, I, I think if you operate hey he's out for the rest of the regular season probably the playoffs but at least the regular season then um, i think that's safe to assume probably 10 weeks would take him literally right to the end of the regular season the mavericks finished the season april 10th and uh 10 weeks would take it to april like fifth or sixth right like that's right that 11 weeks would take it right to the the, you know the second week of april there i mean if you just work with the 42 games i mean we're right at the half yeah halfway mark of the season basically right now however you want to make the math work yeah (laughs) so i mean if you want to use weeks if you want to use games (laughs) either way it seems like tim's season could be over for the mavericks so and and it does you know let's say he's not there for you know the first round of the playoffs like if they do make a run it wouldn't shock me then if it's like ooh, western conference finals tim's back you right. know, fi- like, wow. yeah, I'm just saying, like, you know, we're obviously doing the math here. That it'd be more likely if they made a run that he could come back, you know, later on in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, there's also a chance that he's the Karan Butler of this team and the Mavs go on to win the finals. Oh, just tossing that out. Uh, in street clothes also, or somebody Karan tweeted out pretty good. Somebody tweeted out today that, um, the, Mavericks fans should be used to this injury because Roddy B had and Dominic Jones had the both had the exact same injury in the 2011 season. That's pretty crazy. Um, But yeah, so what does this mean for Tim? What does this mean for the Mavericks for the rest of the season? How do the Mavericks replace him? Jason Kidd was asked this question after the Warriors game. How do the Mavericks replace Tim Hardaway Jr.'s production? He says they they don't think they can, which I think is just giving Tim credit for the production that he's brought this team at least um but tim has been really struggling this year we've been talking about how tim has been just having a really bad year he's been frustrated you can tell from his play but what does this mean for the mavericks for the rest of the season let's not get into trade stuff just yet yeah just basketball wise i mean you're, you're losing you're losing some offense i mean i'm pretty obvious here uh breaking news you're losing offense with <laughs> tim because outside of that we know he struggles a lot with playmaking we know he struggles a lot defensively uh, but he's you know turned into the scoring punch off the bench. You know he's been coming off the bench basically all season. He started twenty games, but out of his forty one games, you know he's came off the bench or forty two games came off the bench for twenty two of those. But he's averaging thirty minutes off the bench, fourteen points a game. Um, you know you just do like a scoring breakdown on the team right now. You know Luca's around twenty six a game. You look at KP's right at twenty, and then then you look at Brunson around sixteen, Tim around fourteen. So, you know, you're losing your fourth highest score on the team. You're losing a guy who logs the fifth most minutes a night uh, on the team. So, you know, I I think you obviously just look at the bench unit then and say, all right, well, who's going to play up, right? Like, now we've been talking about this team and this rotation of, well, do they, you know, they they have a bunch of guys, COVID happens, guys like Frank Nelikina starting, Josh Green's getting extended run, Theo Pinson, you know, played some. Now he's earned a spot for the rest of the year. It's like, all right, well, who's going to be the guy? Reggie Bullock, 
I is it going to be a collective thing to where we're going to see you know Reggie's averaging around 23 minutes a night right now. Will we see Reggie go up to like 26, 27? Then will it be Frank Nilakina? Then will it be you know Sterling Brown was out tonight? I think I'll be really curious to see how the minutes shake out collectively between Sterling, Reggie, you know Frank Nilakina, Josh Green, those four guys. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. But you do also lose the potential for Tim Hardaway's scoring as well, not just like you're losing yeah. you're losing score. I mean, you you look at this game, this Warriors game the Mavs lost tonight. 31 bench points for the Mavs, 71 bench points for the Warriors, right? I mean, that is yeah. that is a, an extreme example of this a symptom of what the Mavericks are going to be missing when Tim Hardaway Jr. is gone because he was their scoring punch off the bench. With with Jalen Brunson no longer coming off the bench, the only scoring punch off the bench you really have was Tim Hardaway Jr. And this season he had 11 um, games where he had 18 or more points, 18 to 29 points. That's you know it's a fourth of his games basically. So you got to find somebody that in a fourth of their games they can give you that kind of production and replace some of that. I'm not sure they're getting that from any one player unless. Well, the Mavs it, get Drogic, right? Like well, unless they get somebody uh, yeah, like I that, I don't see anybody else on on this Mavericks team. Trey Burke maybe coming in, but he's he's not filling it up that same way. Uh, but that's what the Mavericks are going to be missing. Yeah, I was saving the Drogic thing for the, the next segment because I think it does put a bigger emphasis on that now. Uh, if it's not Drogic, it's somebody else. Maybe coming up after Ooh. the break, we could talk about some potential. Uh, replacements offensively, but it's just what what you're saying. Like of those guys that I mentioned that could get more minutes in you know in light of Tim being out, Sterling, Frank Nelikina, Josh Green, you know none of those guys are are guys that you're saying, hey, be our scoring punch off the bench. No, <laughs> you know they're, they're they're not that type of player. They're not that type of player. So now you do have this kind of you know you're going to try to to kind of balance these minutes. You know JB. Luca and all of that, KP, they meant me a little bit more cognizant of that. But however you want, however you feel about Tim Hardaway and a season he's having where he struggles and, and all of that, you are losing a scoring punch off the bench right now that they have to figure out. Absolutely. We'll get into that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, Isaac, let's play a game. For everybody that loves the NFL like we do, let's play a game, everybody together. Let's do it. Prize picks, this is how it works. I just pulled up prize picks, and they have the four quarterbacks for the weekend's games. The Whoever wins this weekend in the NFL is going to the Super Bowl. That's basically what we've come down to. Uh, and each quarterback has a number of how many yards they're going to throw, and we have to guess an over or an under of that. And then we can put down a number amount of money, and then we can win a certain amount of money. I have $100 to play with right now Okay. in my prize picks account. So I'm... I'm just gonna put it all on. The, I'm gonna put it all on the line today on this one. All right, or maybe I'll go half. I'll go fifty, so we can do it again another time. I love Joe Burrow, two hundred and eighty and a half over under. We gotta go quick on this over uh, under. I'm, oh, oh, over, yeah, over. Heck yeah, Patrick the, Mahomes. The only way they're gonna have a shot in this game is a shootout. So Pat Mahomes, two hundred eighty three and a half. That's that's over. I think so. I'm more confident in Burrow, but. Jimmy Garoppolo, 210 and a half. That's, that's way down. I think I'm going under on that with the Rams defense. Yeah. And then uh, Matt Stafford, 270 and a half. 
I think mm. I'll go under on that one too. I that's think that's I think that's going to be a defensive game. But yeah, that is a really good one. If I put if I do all four of those and I put down twenty bucks, I can win a hundred bucks. If I go ahead and put the fifty like I'm going to, I can win two hundred and fifty bucks on Prize Picks. So go check it out. Prize Picks. Use the promo code NBA Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Made Easy. All right, Isaac Harris. Let's get into the ramifications of Tim Hardaway Jr.'s injury. I, we're not even 24 hours removed from this, but we have to talk about it. I recorded an episode with Jake Fisher that's going to drop in a couple days of some rumors and things happening around the Mavericks. I asked him about Tim Hardaway Jr.'s trade value, and we had some talks about it. But this affects the Mavericks now looking at the trade deadline. I mean, even um, you know Brian Anderson and Stan Van Gundy with Grant Hill just sitting there saying nothing. We're talking about this for a little while on the broadcast tonight saying – the Mavericks now need to make a trade. I'm not sure I'm there yet with them. The Mavericks have to make a trade now that they're without Tim Hardaway Jr. Are you at that point? Um, man, I I think trade let's let's replace trade and say they need to make an addition, whether it's through a buyout, like you know, if it is Dragic, whatever it is, they they do need another bench piece at this point. I'm comfortable with saying that. I love I love those guys. But you are you're you are already asking a lot out of a Jalen Brunson, you know, continuing this kind of step forward in his career. You're asking a lot out of, you know, Christos Porzingis as he you know, he's staying healthy right now. And now you're losing that that other score. Like I think they do need to make some type of addition, whether that's a trade or not. Like I and you brought up the Dragic thing. I had a note, I was gonna bring it up. You know, we know all the connection with Dragic and Dallas, and we we know that whole story. And you know, I feel like a lot of people, I feel like people's even reported on that. Oh, Dallas just waiting it out. You know, like Dragic's probably going to get bought out, whether it's by Toronto or Toronto makes a bigger deal and that other team buys Dragic out, whatever. It's it's you know, some people are like, oh, it's, it's inevitable, whatever. I think it puts a bigger like emphasis on it now that man, they really need that to happen, and, unless they swing for something bigger, right? And it's really shaken up, and it's whatever. I think they they do need a Dragic or somebody else to come off that bench and and score some some points. I'll take it a step further. I'm not sure who else they're getting besides Dragic that can do that can replace the production of what Tim Hardaway Jr. was bringing. Right? You look at Dragic last year. He had uh, he had. I don't know what the thing of Dragic right now. Like I love Dragic. I think he'd be good in Dallas, but it's also like an assumption too because we haven't really seen him a lot this year. So. Is he still good? He's, like, yeah, I know he still Slovenian has, fans. He still has that it. potential in a way that I'm not sure anybody else that the Mavs could get either in a buyout or in a small trade that they could do on the side. Yes, that's why I'm all for it. I'm just right. saying I I also don't want us to have this assumption of he's hey, gonna come in and if Dragic suits up tomorrow, <laughs> it's gonna be you know that Miami playoff run with Dragic a few years ago. It's like we haven't really seen Dragic play very much this year, so. No, and I think some people have gotten confused by what these guys think that Dragic is going to save the, the Mavs. Like, that's not what he's going to. He's going to come no. in and be a, a bench scorer that I hope can score in double digits and can lead the offense. Those those few moments when Luca isn't on the floor, Brunson's not on the floor, and or the Mavs offense isn't going, he can come in, right the ship a little bit, be a little bit of a veteran leader. You know, come in and and maybe have some games where he has twenty points, like every you know eighth game yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Give he us goes twenty minutes. Give us 20 minutes. Give him 20, give him 15 to 20 minutes, right? Where it's yeah. just another solid player that you can trust with the ball in his hands that'll get other people involved, right? Trey Burke doesn't do that. And then 
end of list. No, no, none, none other player on the Mavericks bench is are doing those things right now. So yeah, that changes things. Now the Mavericks probably cannot put Tim Hardaway Jr. in an actual trade though. So what does that do for the Mavericks pieces now? I was gonna say it does. Yeah, it it does. If we're just focusing once again, we're. I hate this so much for Tim because Tim's such a competitor and you know, we, we all know he went through that, the whole leg injury and stuff, you know, a few years ago and you know, it's, it's the same, same leg, I think. same leg, everything. He's such a fiery competitor. That's why, you know, when the play happened, watch the replay over and over again. I'm like, dang it, man. Like, you know, he knew you, too. He stayed on yeah. the ground he tried to get up. He's like, ah, and then, yeah, we can. Yeah. yeah so, so anyway, I hate that. As we're just talking about it from the angle of like trade deadline coming up and all of that, like you couldn't, I mean, you can't help. Like he is a bigger contract on the team, $20 million. So if they, you know, if they're swinging for something bigger before the deadline, I think those, those odds probably, you know, went down a lot. Uh, if you, if you're not going to be trading Tim at this point, even if they plan on it anyway before the deadline. But yeah, I think it, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. You know, and unless it's something bigger with a you know Porzingis at thirty million and stuff, but if it's if it's not anything like that, a bunch of money, then you're looking at the Dwight Powell contract. You you know what 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 out there could they realistically go out and and get with the remaining you know money on the team? Because obviously you're not trading Luca; he makes ten. So then you're just looking around at your contracts. <laughs> then so say what say what Luca makes. No, I'm just saying like there's only so many players on the team that makes over, you know, double digit, you know, as far as yeah. over $10 million on the team if you're trying to match salaries and, you know, it's just part of it. It is part of it. And so now, yes, it makes it that much harder for the Mavericks to make a deal. Tim Hardaway Jr. wasn't coming up in trade rumors for other teams. It's not like, you know, the Bleacher Report article said that the teams are circling the waters on Dorian Finney-Smith and Brunson for a reason. Those guys have been good this season. They have good contracts. They're, you know, they can be re-signed this offseason. Tim Hardaway Jr. has not been playing this well. And teams apparently are fickle in the way that they they evaluate talent. So, But but even if teams are out there calling for Dorian and Jalen Brunson, let, let's just say Maxi makes, you know, a little bit more money than those guys around eight. But... Let's just say, let's just say Dorian and JB. Most of the targets of these other teams that Dallas be interested in, they make more money than what JB makes, or they make more money than Dorian makes. So you have to have these contracts to match, and that's where a, a contract like Tim would have came into play for a bigger deal or something because he obviously makes around that twenty million dollar mark. So I, I, it definitely probably took some trades off the table for him for them if they were thinking about it, but we'll see. Unless it was with the Thunder, they'll take anybody. <laughs> Spring them on. Injured, sure. We'll take your it's it's whatever that says on the Statue of Liberty is what the Thunder the Thunder agreed to. Uh, all right, coming up, let's get into this game. The Mavericks got beat by the Warriors, but there's some things we can take out of it. Jason Kidd had a couple of really interesting comments after the game. And then Porzingis. His his He's just going after the ball, man. Like he, he hates that basketball so much right now. Uh, just like his owner, blaming the ball for his bad play. We'll talk about all that Whoa. coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. After a bad loss, after a loss that you just can't take, you can't stomach, stomach a Built Bar. Eat one of those. The yep. chocolate will get you up. If you ever w w read any of the Harry Potter books, 
What does Lupin always tell Harry and all the rest of them after they see a Dementor? After they run into one of the most terrifying things you can run into? They saw a built bar. Get some chocolate in your system. Eat some chocolate in your system. That'll boost your that'll boost your overall mood and everything. That's what Built Bar can do for you. So go check it out. Coconut brownie chunk is the best flavor. 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, seven grams of sugar. We know. We've we've tried pretty much all of them. We know that coconut brownie chunk is the best one. I also love the churro puff one. Mint brownie is solid. Cherry bar C if you like a little fruit in there. So go check it out. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You get 15% off at built.com. Get your built bars right now. 15% off. Locked 15 is the promo code built.com. All right, Isaac Harris. Now let's talk about this game. The Mavericks, I haven't said the score. Mavericks lose 130 to 92 to the Golden State Warriors in their. You didn't have to say it. In their handshake agreement that they gave up the, the, the Dirk Nowitzki jersey retirement night in order to, to lose this game. Luca was Luca, though. 7 of 17, hit four of his seven threes. And I uh, was seven of seven from the line, which didn't is miss a free throw. Let's go. Which is apparently an ungodly amount of free throws, if you ask any of the the Warriors blogs out there. Okay. 20, 25 minutes, eight boards, only three assists for Luca, but only two turnovers in just twenty seven minutes. Luca was Luca, and this is what Jason Kidd had to say after the game. Luca was Luca at the beginning. We just couldn't get anybody to join him. Which has been a phrase that I think Mavs fans and a lot of people have been saying to themselves and saying online for a long time. And I found it interesting that a Mavs coach said it out loud. Yeah, I mean, I think that quote's probably going to be passed around a little bit. Um, this won't be the last game that yeah, fans will reference uh, this quote. I felt like early on, you know, it was a little bit of a Steph versus Luka national TV game. It was fun. Uh, I thought that first quarter was a lot of fun. Luka felt like he was feeling it. Uh, pretty early on, um, once again, I do think he's lost weight. <laughs> I, mean, I, know I said that the <laughs> other day, but he does look slimmer out there. Look like he's moving a little bit better. Um, yeah, he wouldn't even have gotten Andrew Wiggins to foul him those three times early in the game, <laughs> <laughs> earlier in the season. Um, shout out to Clay though. I, I'm so happy to see Clay back. I mean, it sucked that he was hitting some shots against Dallas. I'm like. Can you see captain? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I love watching him play basketball. But yeah, Luca was Luca. I mean, he only played 26 minutes in this game. A lot of it had to do with the blowout, but I uh, did miss a free throw. It's you know, we've talked about his free throws since he came into the league and trying to get that percentage up. And um, yeah, it's just early on, you, you couldn't really, there wasn't a consistent, another consistent option early on. And that was what was frustrating. I mean, they were just daring Christos Porzingis to take threes. <laughs> I could see how you would come to the conclusion Luca has to pass more. Luca has to get other people involved. It's the Donnie Nelson at the end of last season quote where Luca, his next step is to get more people involved, to pass the ball. I can see how you can come to that conclusion after this, but I think Luca has to make those decisions about each individual game so quickly. Yeah. Okay. Can I trust people in this game? Do I have to just ISO and do it himself? And I think he has to make that decision so quick. And in this game, he just decided, all right, KP misses his first like five threes. Okay, I'm going to ISO the next couple of plays and we're just going to go for it. Okay, you know, uh, Dorian misses some threes. We're just gonna, we're just going to isolate. Maxi misses some threes. We're just going to go ahead and isolate and get my own buckets because we have to score points. I think that that's what's going through Luca's mind in some of these games. Uh, he's, he's Thanos and takes the gauntlets is fine. I'll do it myself, right? Uh, and so I can understand how you could come up with, okay, well, he only has three assists in this game. Jason Kidd had another quote after the game I found very interesting. He said, this is probably going to be our lowest total passes per game in this one mm. that we've had in a while. 
Uh, and I found that quote interesting. And I'm not sure it's like directly related at Luca because I think everyone else kind of fell into that in this game as well. But uh, it starts with him. Yeah, I mean, I thought TNT put up a graphic on the screen that was so telling of a season, you know, shooting wise. They they had that half screen graphic. Wasn't even half screen. It was I don't know a quarter screen uh, <laughs> on the left hand side. And it was the drop in three point percentage for the Mavs roster this season. And it was like minus seven percent. I actually have it in front of me. Luca minus six percentage. I think this is percentage points too. It's not like yeah, yeah, yeah. like six percent down. That's it's weird how numbers work out. But Luca six percentage points down. KP nine percentage points. Brunson eight percentage points. Hardaway five percentage points. Finney Smith only two percentage points. Kleba five percentage points. Mavericks shooting thirty three percent from three. Twenty six in the NBA. It's like everyone's down. Yes, everybody's down. It's like you look at this game. You know they were ten of forty from three in this game. Twenty five percent. I mean Dorian zero for three. Reggie Bullock, 0 for 4. Josh Green, 0 for 3. I mean, that's zero threes between those guys. But then you even look <laughs> at Porzingis is 1 for 7. Brunson, 1 for 2. Like, it's just, you just can't. I mean, Tim was 1 for 3 before he went out. It's just, you, you just can't. You can't win, let alone get assist, you know? Uh, and then... There's Chris Alves Porzingis, who started the game off really cold from three, couldn't hit a three, and I tweeted before the game, or tweeted during the game, if Luka and KP, dang it, if they could hit 40% of their threes each, I swear the Mavs would win the title. <laughs> right? Like, if those two guys could just get going, just those two guys, forget the other ones, forget Tim or Brunson, whoever, if just Luka and KP could hit their threes, uh, this would just be a completely different team. It would change the dynamics of the entire offense, but Porzingis was not, was not playing the best, and then... Uh, then KP, it was uh, early in the the, the oh, early in the third quarter. Eight minutes left in the third quarter, he misses an entry pass on a dive. He cuts to the basket. Finally, the Mavericks actually cut, and uh, and it the pass goes off his foot. He gets frustrated. The ba- ball bounces off the stanchion, and then he just punts it. Uh, <laughs> punts it so high, I think that the I think it would have gone off the uh, the arena jumbotron at. at AT&T Stadium for the Cowboys. I think it would have bounced off that, but he punts it into the stands. He might that's be better an, than Zerlin. That's an immediate ejection. They were calling him Legatron after the game. Um, and then he, he goes out. Now, we also, a couple couple days ago while you were out, we talked about how Porzingis threw the ball at the bench and was frustrated, frustrated mm-hmm. with himself uh, after, during that Thunder game and just wasn't having it. So that's two times now we've seen KP just be frustrated, and it's been confirmed to us that he was frustrated about his own play, right? It's not it's not the Luka stuff. It's not all that stuff again. He's just frustrated in the way that he's playing, and you, you can't blame him at this point. Um, and he, he instantly knew it, too. I mean, I, I kind of felt yeah. for him of like, you know, we, we've all made decisions when we're, when we're mad, frustrated, and, you know, how many times have we made decisions – you know, a, a a decision we hate it, and we hate it literally like five seconds or ten seconds later. Like I feel like we've all said something to, you know, our significant other or something like, "Dang it, man!" Like I know I just said that. I shouldn't have said that. And he kind of had that like face, and when he was like leaving, he's like, "My bad." You know, looking at the fans, it's like he knew immediately yeah, exactly. that he that he messed up, and uh, yeah. So I I kind of fell for him. Like, hey, you you know you messed up, and that's part of it. And I have always appreciated after every bad game he's had for the Mavericks, for the most part, you know, in the COVID era, the availability of media of media is not like that consistent, but he has always faced the media and always been honest or at least earnest about 
his play, about where he is, and about all that. I've appreciated that about Chris Porzingis. He doesn't seem to hide from that kind of stuff. He'll he'll face the music, basically, is what it seems. Um, He's always from, been a good my good quote and uh, mm-hmm. very honest with media. And um, now that being said, he was he was awful on offense in this game. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it just wasn't his night at all. No, and it was bad, and and he is the one, I think. It's still, uh, now with Tim Hardaway Jr. out, we talked about can they replace somebody. Him and Brunson have to take that step, right? They have to take that step up. They have to play. Brunson has to continue the play that he has been playing, and KP has to, all right, 20 points a game? Let's get 23, 24. Got to hit one more three a game, right? Hit something else. uh, Create something else. His defense has been there. I thought in this game his defense was still good. He had those. He had a couple of blocks. He had a couple of, you know, it was a weird game for him overall. He had some bad closeouts and things like that. But he had some good rebounds, some good blocks. His defense, nice blocks, his yeah. defense has been there. And now it just has to be. Can't score nine points in twenty five minutes if you're the thirty million dollar player, right? It just and and he knows it, and that's why he punted the ball. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I think something else with with Tim. Um, I hate to do like. I mean, we're just being honest, though. I I hate to do like, hey, the positive of him being out thing, but he has struggled really, really bad defensively. I mean, I, I was just texting yeah. somebody uh, in the first half of this game uh, of some plays. Uh, he missed this really bad box out um, on the weak side that Wiggins just yeah, came out right. and just grabbed the rebound and whatever. And so you are at least in that bench unit. You're losing the offense, which they have to figure that out. But you are gaining some some more defensively off the bench if those minutes are going to a Reggie, Josh Green, Frank Nillikin. I mean, I'm looking at Frank Nillikin like right now and saying, dude, bro, you were like starting what a month ago? Get a contract. <laughs> you know? Get a contract right now, Frank Nillikina. Like this is yeah. your shot. So I I, I wonder if that's gonna be, hey, you're gonna start getting more minutes now and all of that, or will it be Trey Burke because they need offense? I don't know, but I still expect them to be I bring it full circle to the trade stuff, trade deadline. I still expect them to be really active coming to, you know, coming up to the deadline, whether that means I'm not, I mean, really active as far as like talking to teams, really trying to add some pieces here and there for this playoff run because, but I, yeah, I think this only it's weird because I think this takes I'm trying to formulate my the thoughts on a great, I think this takes you away. It. I believe, I believe in you. <laughs> I think this dampers the ability to pull off a bigger trade, it does, but it increases the odds of them making a trade. Did I say that right? It does, yeah, because because you can't add Tim's salary to something and then all of a sudden it be you know all right that's twenty million dollars you can add to to a deal right like that's that's a lot that you can add but yeah. now the Mavs have a bigger need yes than they didn't before right those are the yeah. those are the two things at play in this situation so um, yeah. There we go. Any anybody anything else stand out to you from this game? Reggie Bullock has to hit a three, man. Like, the, like my yeah. guy, my guy has to. Uh, he played more than got, seventeen minutes. So I have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more. He did play more than seventeen minutes, but he's got to hit a three. Um, you know, Luca and and Juan. They, I was curious about their relationship in this game, but it seemed fine. Uh, since last game, you know, Juan became his like. Oh yeah, Juan because Toscano Anderson. I forgot about him random uh you know maxi hit a couple threes in this game he had another three hit that was waved off because there was a foul before it this game was just so off for this this felt like the knicks game 
that the Mavs lost, like you forget about, we say, oh, the Mavericks had before this game had won 11 of their last 13. Okay, one of those two games they lost was this Knicks game where they played in MSG and just played absolutely like like dog doo-doo. They played so badly, and this was basically that same night again. Um, and so you'll take that, right? If every, you know, every 15 games or so, you're going to play that terribly, but you're going to win the ones in between, you would take that. It was almost like it was agreed upon before, you know, I mean. <laughs> the handshake before. Um, but the, the Warriors are just back cutting the, the Mavericks to death. Guys are just missing assignments. You mentioned oh, Tim Frank. missed an assignment, like Bullock got back cut. Guys are just miscommunicating on things. It was just off all over the place in this game. And yeah, yeah. they were 10 of 40 from three. Um, but they hit 18 of their 18 free throws, by the way, which is actually, I didn't realize they were hundred percent on those. Uh, and they only had 10 turnovers. So it wasn't that either. It was just that the, the half court defense was absolutely bad. The Mavericks had before garbage time had 138.4 defensive rating, 138.4. That's so bad. The Mavericks, the last time they allowed over 120 was no, was when, do you know this? No. November 27th, that Washington Wizards loss. Um, Why would I know da- that? Daniel Gafford just destroyed Porzingis on. Mm. November 27th, that's two months since the Mavericks have had a defensive game this bad. Um, their worst defensive game of the year, defensive rating-wise? Which, you have a guess? I, I do not know. No, November 2nd, the Miami game that they lost. That was at the um, tip of my tongue. That was, that was, that was the <laughs> That was their worst defensive game as before tonight. Then it was that Wizards game. And then it was the Chicago game, November 10th. They had 121.9. And then it was that Denver game without, I think that was without Luca or without KP. Um, October 29th, where they had 120. Those are the that's that's only five games out of this year. They've had 120 defensive rating. So uh that's pretty good. But still, an awful night, a night to forget overall. The Mavericks will move forward. We'll talk more about what the Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, injury means for this team. We'll also be breaking down the Portland Trailblazers game. The good thing about the NBA regular season is some nights you just get to replace it all with a game tomorrow. And if the Mavericks win that game in resounding fashion, we'll fe- we'll be feeling good again about them. So we're back to normal. We'll break that all down. We'll talk about it on tomorrow's Lockdown Mavs. Thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen every day. Now go check out the Lockdown NBA YouTube channel. We will have a trade deadline show. It will be great. So go check it out. Make sure you're there. Subscribe to the channel. Put on live alerts. Put on the bell. All that kind of stuff. Uh, I will also be hosting Locked on NBA tomorrow with uh, Big Dave Watson. So go check that out as well. So go subscribe to that channel. Guys, thanks so much for listening to that loud maps. Season.